You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I've got a message today that's really going to challenge you. Really going to challenge you. What do you hunger for? What do you hunger for? You know, when, when you hunger for something... That which you hunger for can have an effect on your destiny. It can have an impact on your future, what you hunger for. You know, when you are really hungry, who of you know some family members, when they're hungry, they get hangry? <laughs> they get hangry, and when they get hangry, it's... It changes their personality a little bit. Huh? You think, who's this person? It just gets something in their mouth. But that's what hunger can do to you. Hunger can make you behave strangely, do funny things, make you act out of character. If you, if you hunger for acceptance, you can very easily find yourself starting to hang out with the wrong crowd. Just to be accepted. If you, if you hunger for love, you can very easily find yourself in the wrong relationship, overstepping, finding yourself being empty. If you hunger success, and that's become everything, you can start to do things in business you should not be doing. So I want to talk about and ask you the question, what do you hunger for? What is the thing that, that you hunger for? Are you ready for this? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 25. And I think you know where I'm going. Genesis 25. Story of Jacob and Esau. Verse 29 says, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. Can I just say this? When you are weary, when you are tired, don't make big decisions. Turn to the person next to you say, when you are tired, don't make big decisions. Can I tell you something? After 10 at night, don't make big decisions. And some of you shouldn't make big decisions before 10 in the morning as well. Amen. <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here? <laughs> One of the things that the Bible says that what the enemy will do in the last days, he'll make the saints to become weary. When you are weary, when you are tired, you make wrong decisions. So don't make big decisions when you are tired. Amen. So here he comes in, and he was weary, so he know he's tired. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Can I say sometimes when you are weary, don't go tell your brothers that you are weary. Because if they know that you are weary, they'll take advantage of you. They'll take advantage of you. So sometimes when you are weary, just zip it. Don't tell them. Because the anointing will blind them and they'll think that you are strong, even though you are weary. Go find some time and rest. Amen. So he said, please feed me with that same red stew, for I'm weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said to him, sell me your birthrights as of this day. And Esau said, look. I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? When you are hungry, when you are weary, you lose sense of reality. He was very far from dying. 
How do I know that? Because my son did a camp where they made them camp and sleep in the field for 36 hours, only leaving them with water to show them that you don't die that easily if you don't get food. I know some people think if they've skipped a meal, they're going to die. Amen? <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here today? <laughs> then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave him Esau bread and the stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. It's so funny when you look at this, what Esau had, Jacob wanted, and what Jacob had, Esau wanted. Isn't that so funny? We sometimes look at a brother, and we see they've got, and we think, if I can only have that, and vice versa. Amen? But because of hunger, just think about it, because of hunger, he sold and gave his birthright. Sold his birthright because of hunger. I shared a little bit on this on Thursday night, and one of the things that came out of the discussion is that Esau was actually a brilliant hunter, but because of one failure, not getting something, not being able to shoot a gazelle, he came back, and that failure became his identity. Don't let one mistake, one failure become your identity. Amen? Don't do that. But he was so hungry that because of that hunger, he said, I'm about to die. So if I'm going to die, this birthright means nothing. Let me just sell it. And many times, this is the mistake that people make. He exchanged something of immense value for temporary satisfaction. When you are tired, you'll let go of something that's precious, that will have an impact on your future, your destiny just for that short-term gratification. I mean, you can, when you read this, you can almost feel the tension between these two brothers, hey? I mean, <laughs> you can feel it. And I'm not going to preach on it, but this represents actually the law and grace. It's the same with Ishmael and Isaac. It's the same with the prodigal son, the older brother and the prodigal son. This tension between the law and between grace. So just because you are hungry does not mean that you have to make a decision to let go of what God has given you. Jesus in Matthew 4 was tempted by the devil when he was hungry. When he was hungry, what did the devil do? He questioned his sonship. He says, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into loaves of bread? So what will the devil do when you're going through a season where you feel hungry and desperate? They'll come and question your sonship. If you are really a daughter of God, why are you going through this? Am I talking to the right people here? Jesus was hungry, but he was not desperate. You might be single, but you're not desperate. Tell the devil. Say, I might be single. I'm talking to the single people here. Let me hear you say, say, I might be single, but I'm not desperate. Jesus was hungry, but he was not desperate. Esau was hungry and desperate, and he sold his birthright. Many times when people are hungry, they become desperate. Many had made wrong decisions with friends when they hungered for acceptance. 
Many have made wrong decisions in relationships when they hungered for love. Many people have made wrong decisions in business when they hungered for success. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the things that I hunger for? What is, what's the thing that's driving me that can push me in a direction to make decisions that does not make, does not make sense? If you go to Matthew 4 verse 8, Jesus said there, And again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. What is the thing that can take you away from worshiping God? From fulfilling your destiny? For Esau, that thing was soup. When you think about it, soup. Soup. Hmm. Soup. <laughs> Red bean soup. Oh, my word. That's what hangry will do to you. Hmm? Never make choices that will compromise your long-term well-being in order to fulfill short-term hunger. Short-term hunger. It's very, very dangerous. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what do you hunger for? Turn to the person on the other side and say, what do you hunger for? We're going to look now at the prodigal son, but the prodigal son and Esau, both of them just gave away what was actually their inheritance. Esau's inheritance, he just gave it away. The prodigal son, his inheritance, he just squandered it, just gave it away. And there's a lesson in that for all of us. So let's quickly go. Luke, Luke chapter 15. Can I just say this? Think about this. Esau was not an evil man. Esau was not evil. He was just hungry. Sometimes we look at him and we think Esau's evil. He was not evil. He was just hungry. Hunger can make you do stupid things. Hunger can make you lose, I want to say, view of what's really going on, of reality. That you're not... Hunger can make you lose your senses. Let me just say that. He was a hunter. He was gifted. I mean, he was the one that went out, got the little buck, shot the buck, made the stew, took the skin, made a jacket. I mean, he had everything going for him. He had everything strong, healthy, I mean, he was the guy. Jacob was the one that's always making a plan here, scheming there. So from a natural point of view, Esau was the choice. But even when you look at Scripture, the Bible doesn't talk about the Esau generation. It talks about the Jacob generation. Why? Because it's the Jacob generation. It's the prodigal sons that realize they need God. They need to know that without God, I'm nothing. Without God, I'm not going to make it. They're the ones that see God and say, God, I need you. And God says, that's the generation that will worship me. Not those that think I've got it together. I can make it on my own. Because when you live 
under the law, the one time you make a mistake, you feel so much guilt and condemnation that you think you're a failure, that you just want to give up and let go of everything. But grace allows you to go on and on and on and on. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. Yeah, hunger made somebody sell their birthright. With a prodigal son, it was hunger that made him come to his senses. So sometimes, some of you, your hunger that you're going through is to help you to get to your senses. And I'm not going to get an amen for that, but I'm just telling you that's the truth, amen. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Ah, look at that guilt and condemnation. Isn't that the nature of man? As soon as you mess up, as soon as you make a mistake, squandered your inheritance, oh, I'm not a son of God anymore. Why do you think that's the first part of our declaration? To start, I'm a son of God revealed. Because that's who you are. Whether you make a mistake or you don't make a mistake, you still remain a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That's what he says. He says, I'm going to go back and say, I'm not worthy to be a son. I'll be a servant. But he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and he had compassion and he ran and fell on his neck. Now let me just show you here quickly. The father saw him when he was a far way off. You might be far away from God. You might be backslidden. You may have messed up. God's eyes are still on you. God is still looking for you to come back because he's not changed his mind about you. Amen. And he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and are no longer worthy to be called your son. Could he finish his sentence? No. He said, I'm going to be a servant. Push me down to the lowest part in your home, in your house. The father did not allow him to finish that sentence, to even confess it. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. When we're far off, Jesus sees us already. Before he could repent, the father ran to him. Father ran to him before he could repent. You know what's the heart sore thing? When you go on and you read this, you see the... Well, let's, let's just read it quickly. Let's go to verse 28. So he gets the fat, fatted calf. They start to have a big party. The oldest brother hears about it. He comes back. He says, what's going on here? Why is there a party? They say, no, but your brother's come back. Everybody is happy. Except the big brother. The law is not happy when people get restored and get saved because of grace. Because you must earn it. You must work for it. Verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. That's the heart of the father. Whether you, the prodigal son or the son in the house, the father will come to you. 
So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. Servant's mentality. Not the mentality of a son. I'm serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Here's the lesson in this. You can be longing for the world and be in the world like the prodigal son and long to be in your father's house and be hungry to be in your father's house. And you can be in the father's house and still hunger for acceptance and love. If you don't have the heart of a son and know that he's your father, you always think it's your works, your efforts that gives you the approval. What God has given us is not based on what we've done, but what Jesus Christ has done. His hunger was for recognition and reward. That was the eldest brother. He wanted recognition. I'm working hard. I'm doing that. And the father says, it's here. It's all yours. Both of them are hungry. Both of them are longing for something. Grace allows us to always come back to the Father, even when we've messed up. Turn to the person next to you say, the Father's arms are always open. Doesn't matter what mistakes you've made, it doesn't matter how far you've wandered away, the Father is waiting for you to come back. Amen? I'm going to close with seven things that you should hunger for. We can see here we can hunger for the wrong things. But Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So can I say one of the first things that you have to seek, hunger for, is righteousness. You have to seek the kingdom of God. It's not righteousness based on self-righteousness, what I've done. But what the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. It's what Jesus has done. Do you still hunger for righteousness? Do you still hunger for the things of the kingdom of God? Number two, do you hunger for the word of God? Do you hunger the word of God? Lord, place within me a genuine desire for your word and for your holiness. Psalm 119 verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's what the word of God says. Job says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He says, Do you desire God's word more than food? Job says, I treasured it more than food. We should hunger to grow spiritually should hunger to grow spiritually. When you look at yourself a year ago where you were and where you are now, have you been growing spiritually? Because if we're not growing spiritually, we're either growing or we're moving backwards. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 urges us, like newborn babies, crave the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. 
So the word of God, hunger for it. Go check it. Do I still hunger it? Because if you don't hunger for it, you'll start to hunger something else. You'll have a hunger for something else. We should have a hunger to grow spiritually. We've got the, the, the growth track here in the church. Connect to a team. Discover your dream. Discover your spiritual gifts and serve in a dream team. That's a, a growth track so that you can grow spiritually. Do you hunger love? Do you hunger compassion? Do you still have a love for people? Love and compassion. Micah 6 verse 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. We always want to tell God what we require of Him, but what does He require of us? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We are called to hunger these things. Do we have a hunger for those kind of things in our lives? We are called to hunger for love, kindness, compassion towards one another. Are you always kind? Or are you in hangry mode? Hmm? This, this is practical Christianity. We should hunger for wisdom and understanding. Hunger, wisdom, and understanding. To know what to do in a, every situation. You know, the Bible, when it talks about Saul and David, it says David acted more wisely than Saul. So he could read the situation. Don't just always go and say, okay, I have to do step one, two, and three in this situation. No, read the situation. I want to say sometimes when you go into a meeting, read the room and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Sometimes you have to keep quiet and first let the people talk, and other times you have to talk. And sometimes even in that situation, you have to listen to what God is saying to you because maybe the strategy changes completely. But if you just go in there and say, okay, I just want to tick off the boxes, you might just miss it. And that's what we have. We have need to have that understanding of what God is busy doing in that moment because we might have another agenda going somewhere, but God says, I want you to deal with this quickly. I want you to give attention to this. It's very, very important. Proverbs 2, verse 3 to 5 says, encourages us to cry out for the insight and cry aloud for understanding. Understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. To fear God is to hate sin. So God does not reveal everything to everybody. But when we fear Him, then He reveals to us. Moses, remember, when the bush was burning, he saw the bush. There was many bushes burning in those days. But he saw that there was something different. And when he drew closer, then he realized, okay, there's something different here. And God started speaking to him. So you need understanding to know what's burning in front of you. Is it just a bush burning and ignore it? Or is it a bush burning and God wants to meet with me? God wants to talk to me. And you need understanding of God. You need the wisdom of God to be able to do that. Amen. Do you hunger peace and unity? Peace and unity. I mean, in the world, and we know it's chaos right now, but just in the body of Christ, to have peace and unity. Ephesians 4 verse 3 instructs us to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through a bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit through a bond of peace. That's what we protect here. That's why there's peace in the household of Christ. 
Because there's unity. We protect that peace, the peace on the inside. It's a peace that God gives us, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hunger for that. Protect that peace with everything. In the world, you will have tribulation. You'll have tough and difficult things. But God has given His peace. He's deposited His peace on the inside. So although there's a storm on the outside, you can have peace on the inside. When you have that peace, you can protect the unity. There can be unity of peace. Amen. We should hunger for unity among believers and pursue peace in our relationship with others. Lastly, the last thing, Psalm 42 says, hunger for God's presence. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Just put the Passion Translation up quickly there. Look how beautiful the Passion Translation is. I long to drink of you, O God, to drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. Go to verse 2. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. That's what we should hunger for, God's presence. When we come together as believers, is to come and seek the face of God. David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold His beauty and to inquire in His temple. We should hunger for His presence more than anything else in our lives. When you're aware of God's presence, everything changes. When you're aware of God's presence, you won't misbehave. When you're aware of God's presence, even if you're hungry, you won't sell your birthright for soup. When you aware of God's presence, even when you're longing for acceptance, He'll warn you and say, these are dangerous friends, stay away from them. When you hunger for love, if there's a wrong relationship, He'll warn you and say, be careful of this relationship. This person can take advantage of you. I want to close with this. Esau was not evil. He was just hungry. Esau was not evil. He was just hungry. Amen? Short-term fulfillment placed a long-term emptiness within him. Short-term emptiness, just because of that. When you go read Hebrews, you saw, you can see that, that he cried over it, looking this, but it was never a change of heart when it came to that. The second thing that we can learn from Esau, don't let a failure become your identity. Don't let a failure, a mistake become your identity. Put that, identity, that mistake behind you. It's not who you are. Who you are is G what Jesus says about you. Amen? So don't let failure become your identity. Disconnect yourself from that. Let me hear you say, I might be hungry, but I'm not desperate. Single people, let me hear you say, I might be single, but I'm not desperate. Can I have an amen? Some of you are... <laughs> Don't let the enemy question your sonship. Don't let the enemy question your sonship just because you're hungry, just because you're single, just because you're going through a tough season. Amen? Even if you've moved away like the prodigal, you can still come back. The Father's arms are open to receive you and to have a party and rejoice and be happy for you to return. Before you can even repent, He'll be with you. Because before you can even say something, He knows what you're going to say. 
That's what we can learn from that. When people want to come back, let's not make it difficult for them. Amen? Let's not make it difficult. Let's make it easy for them. Let's have the heart of the Father that when the prodigals want to come back, let them come back and let them feel love. I'm closing with this Matthew 5 verse 6, Amplified Bible. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. Let me tell you something. The only way to be truly satisfied is to be filled with the love of God. God is the only one that can fill that void, his righteousness. So when you feel that hunger, run to God. Run to the one who's made us righteous. That empty void, you'll see, you'll fill it very, very quickly. So I'm closing with this. Hunger, number one, righteousness. Number two, God's word. Number three, to grow spiritually. Number four, love and compassion. Number five, wisdom and understanding. Number six, unity and peace. And number seven, the presence of God in your life. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.